Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. Today we are going to continue in this understanding of having a missional presence and we're talking about being commissioned in your work. I think I want to go ahead and read the text for today and then we'll dive in. We may come back to it. There's three texts that we're going to look at, not too long. So starting in Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 through 24. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And John 20, 21 through 22, Jesus is speaking. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. So tomorrow, I'll be traveling with Pastor Craig down to Richmond, Virginia for a three-day conference of Assemblies of God ministers, missionaries, parachurch ministries, etc. We will gather with others from our network here in what's called the Potomac District, comprises Maryland, Washington, D.C., parts of West Virginia, and much of Virginia. The final evening will be the ordination service. I have a couple of friends that will be being ordained that night, including Erica Powers, who came to faith here in this church early in Pastor Craig's ministry here. She and Rick were married right here on this platform, and they returned in early 2021 to lead the Extreme Makeover Project, renovating the spaces in our basement and in our fellowship area. And it is thrilling to see Erica move forward in her call from God and receive this recognition of that call through the laying on of hands in ordination. So that's part of what I'll be doing this week. We launched into a study for Lent called Deeply Formed. And I appreciate Pastor Craig leading us in prayer and, and, and affirming like this is important. Like we've really got to get our roots deep, deeply formed in order to stay strong in this time that we live. 
But what this has done is we're looking at practices. <laughs> so some practical things that we need to do in order for those roots to go deep. That these practices form us into being more and more like Jesus. They make space for the Holy Spirit to do his work in us. They reform some of the ways that we have been malformed. Ways that sin and the ways of this world have shaped us that are not what God intended for us. These practices move us to transformation. The final practice is this one called missional presence. And we've been breaking that one down even more fully in the week since Easter. So we're going to look today at being commissioned in our work. So for many people, that idea of being commissioned in your work brings up the image of an ordination service. And there is this sense that it's a special and unique call for a select few people, the ones that are being ordained, they're being commissioned, the ones whose vocation is in something that has come to be termed in our day full-time ministry, uh, the people who make their living from the gospel. And this way of thinking tends to move us into separating out vocation into a couple of sets, the, the spiritual and the secular, with the spiritual being those who work for God and the secular being those who work for the everything else in the world. <laughs> Not that what they're doing is in any way evil, but that it's kind of neutral and not necessarily ordained by God. Now look, one thing that is true in our culture is that because of the failures of a lot of well-known ministers, there are many in our culture that have a really skeptical view of anybody in the ministry. But the other side of that, it remains a challenge that some have come to elevate those who are in a full-time ministry as better than any other vocation. Um, the, and includes this positional stance that these folks are on the inside with God, while the rest of us are a few steps back. <laughs> or that... Uh, ministers are put on a pedestal and are looked up to in an unhealthy way. As someone personally whose family has been supported by ministry funds for almost our entire adult lives, this is something that I have spent a considerable amount of time thinking and wrestling with. The scripture does lay a heavier responsibility on those who will lead God's church. Absolutely. We better pay attention and be listening for God's voice and obeying the scripture and living in a way that is authentic. But that does not translate into being positionally better than others or closer to God. All right? 
Are you with me so far? You have the opportunity to be as close to God or closer to God than me. Do you believe that? That is true for every one of you listening to me. There's nothing about where I am positionally that is in between you and God. We are all called to a close personal relationship with God. But there's a flip side to this coin, and it goes like this. Some will excuse their lack of obedience to God because, after all, they're not a preacher. They're not a monk. They're not a priest or whatever label they might use. And so it's as though they're saying the only people called to be fully devoted to Jesus are the people that work for a church. And the rest of us get some sort of a pass. And that's not the case either, friends. So what does commissioning in our work mean? Well, here's what it doesn't mean, and here's why some people may not feel like they can get on board with this. It does not mean that you use your workplace as a place to go preach at every opportunity. It does not mean that you have to be an aggressive, um, giving aggressive evangelistic messages all through the day, all the time at your workplace. That's not what it means, okay? So if you thought that's what I was about to say, go ahead and let that calm down and don't worry on that one. So the author of the book that we've been using here, Rich Velotis, at his church, they assert that everyone in the church is called to full-time ministry. And they hold a commissioning service every couple of years at which they commission people to their places of work in service of the gospel and the common good. Now listen, this is a reality. Our places of work need to be viewed as a primary place and maybe the primary place for spiritual formation. Now, I don't know if you've been thinking about that when you think about getting ready for work. I mean, there's, there's, there's those of us that are, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, that right now, as Sunday night moves in on you, the feeling of dread starts coming back down on you. Like, oh, tomorrow is Monday morning. And for those of you who are students, you may have the same experience. Oh, tomorrow I have to get up and go to school. And there's this sense about work that you don't look at it as an opportunity for spiritual formation. But here's the reality. The average American will spend more than one 100,000 hours at the workplace. You are being formed at work. You are being formed at work. What we need to do is, with a call is for us to be intentional about being spiritually formed 
and allow the work of Christ to be active in us and through us in our work. We have an incalculable space at work for practicing missional presence. And what if I can't get us to understand any other point today, this is it. Do not separate your work into a box that is separate from the rest of your life from God. Your life in God is your life at work. And it has to be integrated. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to form us in our work. So if we were to be holding a commissioning service today, it might look something like this. First, we would acknowledge the various fields of work that you each give yourselves to. And heads up, we might do this in the future, okay? But if we were doing that, here's, I tried to make a list of some of the things that I know you are involved in, so, or that is your work. So here's the list I came up with. Elder care, publishing layout and design, cyber security, Diplomacy, entrepreneurial project management, inspector general, real estate, facilities and grounds maintenance, retail workers, stay-at-home mom, author, a payroll administration, early childhood care, music, composition, students, <laughs> retired, and still as busy as ever. Can somebody in the house say amen? <laughs> amen. And any others that I may have missed. We in that commissioning service would remind you that your work is done as an expression of worship to God. So that as you provide care for the elderly, you serve as though you are serving this meal to Jesus. As you lay out your design, you give it the attention that you would as if this is Jesus' article that you're working on. As you place a house on the market, you sell that house as if you are selling it to Christ. As you care for small children, you remember how Jesus gathered the children up to himself and see yourself loving on the children as Jesus would. As you work on this week's payroll, you count your numbers with care as if you're doing Jesus' bookkeeping. And etc. and etc. and etc. We would be reminded that everything we do, we do it for Christ. So there's some very practical considerations for us to parse out here. For example, what if you hate your job? <laughs> what if you hate your job? So my answer is going to sound counterintuitive, but I'm going to ask you to lean in here for a minute and consider what I'm saying. If... Everything we do is to be done as though we are working for the Lord, as we read in the scripture. It is vital 
that we exert ourselves to do high quality work, even if you hate your job. Back to this reality that work is formational. We cannot wait until everything is to our liking to then begin offering quality work. Our character is formed within as we press against those things that are discouraging us or malforming us into being workers who lack integrity. Dorothy Sears wrote in her important essay, Why Work? The very first demand that a carpenter's religion makes upon him is that he should make good tables. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said, if it falls to your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, like Shakespeare wrote poetry, like Beethoven composed music, sweep streets so well that the host of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. You know what? It is not lost on me that this is something that Dr. King wrote in the 1950s to a group of people that were constantly denied the better opportunities for work, and they were required to do the menial, thankless jobs in order to support their families. And yet, he encouraged them to work at such heights of quality and integrity. Do you want to work yourself out of a hole of being in a job you hate? Start doing everything as though you are working for Jesus. Commit yourself to the highest quality of work you can muster and resolve to work with sterling integrity of heart and see how God will begin to form you within and go to work on your behalf. I believe this with all my heart and I encourage you in it. And while you're at it, I do believe you are going to experience that practice of missional presence strengthening in you. What a difference it would make if all of us were commissioned in our work, scattered out there, spreading this attitude as we come. But there's another idea here. Rich Velotis talks about how our identity can get so wrapped up in our work that we have two options. And one of them is called demonize it, which is what I was just talking about. You hate your job. You, you see it as an obstacle, a drag, a bore, something you must do so that you can just get to the weekends and get to do what you want to do. You're not seeing work as an extension of your worship, but rather as an experience of warfare. But what if you're on the other side? What if it's not that you hate your job? What if you love your job too much? And it goes to the size of divinizing it. Work becomes a necessary means to secure your identity. In this case, 
Our salary becomes our God. Our position represents our significance. And our success and ability to climb the ladder are what make us feel important. This is a very real part that we must also fight against. We cannot put our full identity in our work. One of the antidotes for this is the, one of the earlier practices we talked about in being deeply formed, which is Sabbath keeping. As we rest, we announce to ourselves and to the world that our work is something that we're called to steward life with, that, but our sense of meaning is found in the love of God, not in what we produce with our hands or with our minds. Consider, you know, my son-in-law is at the hospital right now. He may have to have surgery on his hand. Um, part of his work, he, it's going to impact him for a season here of what he's going to be able to do. And what if whatever you're able to do, whether it's an injury, an illness, uh, something happens for you that you cannot do your work, are you completely now separated from your identity? Are you completely now lost as to who you are in God? We've got to be careful about this. Tim Keller writes, If our identity is in our work rather than Christ, success will go to our heads and failure will go to our hearts. Tish Harrison Warren writes about this in her book, Liturgy of the Ordinary, which I'm just now finishing and I highly recommend this book. She talked about that verse that I read where Jesus said, so as the Father has sent me, so send I you. That as we come together in worship and we are blessed and then we are sent out, that that is a part of the sending. So here's how she said that the kingdom of God comes both through our gathered worship each week and our scattered worship in our work each day. Thus, all work, even a simple small task, matters eternally. The missio day, the mission of God, could also be translated the sending of God. God is sending us out. So the missio day is the idea that every part of creation will be redeemed and rightly ordered around the worship of the Trinity. It's manifest in an integral way in our work. Each week when we gather, we enact again the reality that we are blessed and sent. So she continued with this story. She has a friend who is high up leader in a national organization. And he's doing really good work and, and making an impact through his career. But when you ask him what he does for a living, he answers, well, if you ask my kids, they'd tell you that I check emails and go to meetings. <laughs> 
this kingdom vision of our identity as those blessed and sent, it's got to work itself out in these small routines of our daily work. The parts that are not what we enjoy, the meetings and the emails and all of that. Um, but as we do that, as we go to meetings, check our email, make our children dinner, or mow the lawn, we are seeing the kingdom of God move forward. One final quote. This was from Christine Crenshaw. Rachel and I were talking this week at lunch. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit works when you're when you're in a study or something and all of these different sources just just like come at me like like I'm not looking for them they just show up but it reinforces what God is saying for this moment for this day and she is talking about the reality of work being a part of creation work is good it was part of the beginning and Adam and Eve worked before they sinned it's not, so that's, we need to recapture that reality. Here's a part of what she said. The fall disfigured the beauty of our work-worship relationship with the Lord. And it tainted the joy the Lord intends for us to derive from our vocations. But through our vocations, our God-given strengths, talents, callings he extends an invitation to co-labor with him unto him our work is worship our work is transformative work done well and with joy is arguably our greatest testament to the world of the lord's goodness to us and our love for him so for this group at this time, I want to bless you. I want to encourage you. I want to commission you in your work. I want you to be affirmed and invite the Holy Spirit to be with you at work this week. To help you as you offer your energy, your skill, your effort, and just plain hard work to him as though you are working for God. Just as we talked about last week with the becauses. You remember that? Children obey your parents and there were two becauses. What was the first because? Because you belong to the Lord. We all belong to the Lord. And we are to each do everything as unto the Lord. He is gracious and he desires to co-labor with us as we worship through our work. So I just want to encourage us today. If you're struggling with work, you may need a vacation. That could be part of it. And that's part of life, all right? That, and we are called to Sabbath keeping, where we have regular rhythms of rest, where we set aside our efforts and trust God to help us. But beyond that, our attitude as we come to work, our 
understanding that everything we do can be done unto the Lord will make a difference for us. And it is vital to this idea of missional presence. The people of God scattered throughout this area in all the different places where you work, coming to that with an empowered presence, a sense of having been sent to that place. That is what we are talking about here. And I want to encourage you in that, to see yourself like that, to know that God is with you. Jesus said when he gave the Great Commission, one of the main things that I think we do not focus on enough, yes, he said, I therefore send you to all nations, go and make disciples. But he said, and I am with you unto the end of the age. I am am with you. He is with you every single day on your commute, in your office, wherever you are working. God is with you. Let's pray. God, we want to be a people of your presence. And especially in this chunk of our life called work. 100,000 hours. 100,000 hours where we have the opportunity for your presence to be known through us. I pray, oh God, that you would help us to be sent ones. That we would receive the breath of the Holy Spirit on our life, that we would be aware of your presence, alert to what you are doing, and able to offer our work as worship to you. I want to give a moment for those, there, there was the two sides here. If all of you just find yourself right there in the happy middle, well, good for you. But if there's a thing over here of really struggling with your work, of not liking it, not being able to have such a great attitude, I want to give you a moment to pray through that. then on the other end of the spectrum is those whose work has become almost an idol. It is your sense of identity. And I think this is not a one and done kind of prayer. But I want to give you a moment to hold that before the Lord.
Thank you, Father. We offer ourselves to you, O Lord. We trust you, Father, to be at work in us in every situation. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to keep this in your mind as I give you today's blessing because maybe you haven't been seeing it at work, but I want you to see this reality. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And let us be sent in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.